0: It is Sunday, May 17th, 2020. This is U62 The Targ. Let's do this. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears. Right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip electronics Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 the car. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this. Mark Papas. On this week's show, I'm bitching about my car. We announced the new Star Trek series. And I wax nostalgic about the Studio Ghibli Museum. It's episode 10.05, where I'm at. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 The Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Kappas is here. Welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good in my days of self-isolation here. I feel a little bit better now because it looks like my car is behaving itself. I tell you, I've had so many car troubles this past year. It all started in January when we had our minus 40 cold snap. Woke up one morning, car wouldn't start, so I had to walk to work. Had it checked out, they told me it's because my block heater was shot, so I got a new block heater. couple months later, tried to start up the car, car wouldn't start. Now they're telling me it's a dead battery, so I had to get a new battery, so... Got a new battery. Now when all this was going on my power lock started acting up as well so my car would always randomly unlock itself. It was going crazy right there for a while you know it would automatically unlock itself every five seconds or so. So needless to say once I got the new battery I pulled the fuse on the power locks to disable it so it wouldn't do that. But still just a week ago went out to my car tried to start it up wouldn't start. Took it into the shop and they discovered I had not one, but two faulty power lock switches. And even with the fuse pulled in order to shut everything down, it was still providing a constant drain on the battery. So I got that fixed. So far this year, almost a thousand dollars in repairs to my car. 400 bucks for the new block heater, 100 bucks for the new battery, and 400 bucks for the uh, new door lock switches. I'm rounding down, of course, which is why I come to the final total of $1,000. So I love my car, but you know what? It's getting to be pretty old now. My car is 13 years old. My last car before this one, it was 14 years old when the mechanic started telling me it wasn't worth fixing up anymore and I should get a new one. So, I don't know, I'm starting to see more days behind me than ahead of me with my car. So, might be time to go get a new car. That is, once I get a job again and I can afford one. Uh, but that really complicated things because we also had the Mother's Day weekend this past weekend, so I broke self-isolation, I decided to go home, hang out with my mom for Mother's Day, my sister and her family were there as well, so we had a great time hanging out with them, and I just kind of lied around on my parents' couch waiting for word on my car because I managed to get it into the shop before I went home, so yeah, looks like my car is working now, although I will be honest, I do kind of hold my breath and cross my fingers whenever I turn that key to start her up so i'm hoping she's gonna last me for a good long while now u62 the dark has everything you want in a podcast scooby-doo batman and weird al it's the holy trinity of pop culture download it today at galsandabox.com But enough of my bitching about my car, let's get on to happier news. We are getting yet another new Star Trek show. I tell ya, they've announced so many new Star Trek shows, I'm already having trouble keeping track of them. This new one that they just announced is going to be called Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it's going to follow the adventures of Captain Pike and his crew. For those who don't know their Star Trek lore, Captain Christopher Pike was the commander of the Starship Enterprise before Captain Kirk took command. So, this is going to take place about 10 years before the original series. Now, I always suspected they were building up to this. Star Trek Discovery, the latest Star Trek show, takes place in the same time period, and for season two, Captain Pike took temporary command of the USS Discovery. Spock was on the show. In fact, a good chunk of the season was finding out what happened to Spock because he was framed for murder and now on the run. So we got Pike. We got young Spock because Spock served under Pike before Captain Kirk took command. And then most befuddling of all to me was they hired Rebecca Romijn to play Number One, who was Captain Pike's first officer on the Enterprise. They made such a big fuss about landing Rebecca Romijn for the role, but you know, for all of Star Trek Discovery Season 2, I think she was only in like half of one episode. So to me, it felt like they wouldn't get someone of Rebecca Romijn's stature unless they were cooking up something like this. No word yet on when it's going to be premiering, but I will be here for it because Anson Mount is the guy who played Captain Pike on Discovery, and he was absolutely phenomenal in the role, so I am looking forward to it. So like I said now, they've announced so many Star Trek shows coming up, I'm already having trouble keeping track of them. So the first one that kicked off this new era of Star Trek was Star Trek Discovery. Season 3 should be dropping later this year. The next one was Star Trek Picard, all about the elderly Captain Picard coming out of retirement. That just wrapped its first season. I really dug it. Uh, we're going to get another spin-off of Discovery, all about Section 31, that Starfleet's Black Ops group. We got an animated series in development called Lower Decks. It's going to be a comedy about the little people on a starship who make it work. And we're getting a second animated series for kids. It's going to be on Nickelodeon. This one's going to be about a group of teenagers who fix up a rundown starship and use that to boldly go where no one has gone before on their own. So man, oh man, we are going to get a ton of Star Trek as this next decade rolls on. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Now it's time for the streaming report where I update you on what I've been binging in these days of self-isolation. And, well, you know, I really haven't been binging that much lately because, again, I spent most of the past week at home in Entwistle. Um, My sister and her family were there, so my nieces had the remote, and they were in command of all the binging, so... What did I watch with them? You know, the Alvin and the Chipmunks cartoon on Netflix? Meh. The Garfield cartoon on Netflix? Meh. So yeah, that's what I wound up binging this past week. But you know, when I do get home and I do some of my binging myself, I do find some other great cartoons to binge. There's this one streaming service called Tubi. It's act- it's absolutely free. They got a lot of the Hasbro stuff on there. So G.I. Joe Transformers. And I started watching Conan the Adventurer. It was a Conan the Barbarian cartoon that was on in the early 90s. It's actually not too bad. And surprisingly, also from a lot of the same creative talent behind Gem and the Holograms. So yeah, Yeah, Conan doesn't have any big musical numbers, but it's a pretty good little action-adventure tune. Then over on Disney+, Plus, when I just can't think of anything else to binge, I'll watch the Iron Man cartoon from the mid-90s. It's good, but not great. It's a real classic cartoon, you know, the villains are clearly defined, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, the bad guys are out to take over the world, and Iron Man has to stop them, so it's a good old-school cartoon. What else? I think I told you last week I've started binging Battlestar Galactica because I missed it when it was on in its original run 15 years ago. Uh, so I'm about halfway through season one right now. Again, I am really digging it and I'm kicking myself for being late to the party on that one. And you know what? Thanks to the miracle of Amazon, I'm still managing to keep up my Blu-ray collection. When I got back from Entwistle, I found my latest Amazon purchase in the mail, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That was the only movie I got to see this year before they started closing the movie theaters. And I gotta tell ya, I had a heck of a lot of fun with it. Margot Robbie absolutely crushes it as Harley Quinn. There's some insane action sequences in it. Little trivia fact about Birds of Prey, they actually got the director of John Wick to come in and do reshoots, and they said most of his reshoots were about punching up the action scenes. You can tell which action scenes are his, because suddenly they get a lot more stylized and a lot more intense, and it's really great stuff. I think uh, my only complaint about Birds of Prey is it doesn't have enough of the actual Birds of Prey in it. It is purely a Harley Quinn movie. It is 100% Harley Quinn story. And because of that, the Birds of Prey are kind of shifted to the back. I really like what they did with Huntress, though, and I wish we got more of Huntress. I mean, to have a socially awkward superhero who doesn't understand social situations, part of her training montage is actually practicing her action hero one-liners in the mirror, which I thought was hilarious. And, of course, Huntress was played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who, of course, is awesome. So if you haven't seen it yet, I would highly recommend you check out Birds of Prey. If you don't want to go out and buy the Blu-ray, it's on all the video-on-demand services right now and that's the streaming report you're listening to mark kappas that young man fills me with hope and some other emotions that are weird and deeply confusing me on u62 the targ A Town with an Ocean View, from legendary composer Joe Hisashi, here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Kapp is still here with ya. That's one of those things that happened earlier this year before you know, all this happened. When I say all this, I'm waving outside my window to the general state of the world out there. Studio Ghibli. The legendary Japanese animation studio, responsible for such animated classics as My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Spirited Away. They are one of the last holdouts when it comes to streaming video services. They absolutely refuse to put their movies on streaming, until recently. Earlier this year, they announced they'd signed a deal with Netflix, so now their movies are available on Netflix worldwide, well, except in the USA and Canada. In the USA and Canada, they signed the deal with HBO Max, the new Warner Brothers streaming service that will be launching near the end of this month, so they're all going to be on HBO Max for us Canadians. And in addition to that, they also released all their soundtrack albums to all the streaming music services. So I've been listening to a lot of Studio Ghibli soundtracks on Spotify these past few days. And it's making me nostalgic as well. When I was in Japan many years ago, one side trip that I took was to the Studio Ghibli Museum. In the Tokyo bedroom community of Mitaka... Studio Ghibli actually built an entire museum dedicated to their works and the art of animation. I have got nostalgic with all the Studio Ghibli stuff, so I actually went online looking for pictures of it to remember it, and I am quite amazed in this day and age. When I was there 17 years ago, they had a very strict rule... No photographs inside the building. Well, I thought, surely in this day and age of smartphones, there's got to be tons of photos out there now, people just ignoring that rule and going nuts with taking pictures. But nope. Even today, people are still respecting that um, rule, and there are very few photos of the interior of the Studio Ghibli Museum online. And it's a real shame, too, because I would love to share it with you. That is the one place in the world where I can accurately use the term whimsical. It's just such a beautiful place. It's like going into another world there. I would love to go back there someday in Japan. I just love museums in general. I want to get out to more museums. You know, in Edmonton, they got our brand new Royal Alberta Museum. It's been open for about two years now. I have yet to make it to downtown Edmonton and check it out. The Reynolds Alberta Museum down in Watasquin. That was a very popular Father's Day outing when I was a youngster, and it's been years since I've been down there as well. So I want to get out there. I want to travel more museums. I want to hit up more museums. And hopefully I'll be able to do that once we're allowed to get out of our homes and travel once again. Anyway, I'm about rambled out. I've got nothing more to say. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us in Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. I want to get me on Google Play, but my computer is so old I can't get the website to load to submit my RSS feed. So I'm going to keep trying on that. And don't forget, you can always check out new episodes at my personal website, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Capas. This has been the Tar Guy. We'll see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.